Road Show tomorrow, sponsored by Affordable Towing and Scramblers. Now, I know we got the weather thing underway and a lot of attention headlines. Once in a generation storm hitting the United States. I don't think it's it's just my gut feeling. It's not going to be. I think we've had worse. Uh, other, now, the temperatures, the cold temperatures for this area uh, of the country of the world, yes, they, they are going to be something that uh, it's somewhat potentially generational. I know uh, there are a lot of uh, folks under a certain age who will, for the first time, with the wind chill component, experience temperatures that low. But, uh, you know, when we're talking about the, the, the snow and so forth, accumulation's not, you know, going to be anything massive. We'll have a look at that coming up. I'm sure Jason Rima will mention it also in his um, his news coverage here in just a couple of moments. Uh, barring just roads that are impossible to navigate or scramblers being closed, we will still be there. Uh, I'll either be there or here in studio one way or another. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we'll be out there again, unless for whatever reason they have employees that can't get out. Uh, And then, of course, that might mean you can't either. I might be the only one there. Who knows? Zelensky last night. Speaking before Congress, uh, we'll uh, talk about that. It was, I think, probably what was expected. Uh, all in all, I mean, it was a good s- speech, great speech. McCarthy noted that as well, but also reminded that doesn't mean you, know, you get a blank check. <laughs> I think McCarthy's taken a totally reasonable position on this. Um, also, the, the um, I want to update you a little bit. The um, This... Um, lawsuit that has been underway, Carrie Lake's lawsuit, specifically regarding Maricopa County and all of the different problems that occurred in Arizona. And there are some witnesses, some experts that are saying some of these things had to be deliberate. These are these are not accidents. There, there was essentially sabotage going on here. Now, this is a trial, if you will, or, or a lawsuit that if things were upside down the other way around, um, it would be lead story nonstop. If this, for example, were years ago and and Stacey Abrams had the lawsuit claiming uh, that, uh, well, she always did claim that she legitimately won, but if she actually had evidence of that, had experts in the field of uh, voting machines and ballots uh, testifying that there had to be sabotage, that's the only explanation when it comes to some of these printer issues and so forth, that would be lead news. It would be another sign that Republicans were disenfranchising voters. It would be another reason for Major League Baseball and Coca-Cola to boycott the state. But because it's a Republican in Arizona, it is silent and Carrie Lake is pawned off as some sort of 
conspiracy theory election denier. But there has been some interesting testimony that uh, I'll share with you from cybersecurity experts and an election integrity witness, uh, including just straight up receipts that are required in order to show that nothing or as best as possible, that chain of custody uh, was monitored, just denial that you you got uh, one end of the chain saying we were never given any of those receipts while the other end is claiming yes you were and you got a lot of finger pointing but regardless of who's responsible it's clear that the rules were not followed the laws were not followed and it was an absolute utter train wreck and of course the woman the secretary of state is responsible for it all was elected governor of the state of arizona um Trump's tax returns. What a bombshell. He paid all of the taxes that uh, he was required to pay. That, that, that's, that's the big takeaway. That's the big bombshell. All of these years going all the way to the Supreme Court, Democrats had to get those taxes. We're going to release those taxes. And apparently he paid everything that he owed. Well worth the taxpayer dollars. A new book coming out noting that Biden hasn't really liked Harris from the beginning, uh, calling her a work in progress. And talk about a kick in the gut. Can you imagine being called a work in progress by Joe Biden? Joe Biden is calling you a work in progress, sort of patting her on that. Well, she's a work in progress. That has got to really sting. Jason Rima with the latest news update. Accumulating snow is expected to fall today along and north of Highway 60. Up to three inches is possible. The Weather Service says most of the snow will fall later this morning and this afternoon. Life-threatening wind chills are also the main concern. By later tonight, wind chills could approach minus 30 across the Ozarks. Many schools canceled classes on Wednesday. Governor Parson has issued an executive order to have resources available as a winter storm moves into the state. By Friday morning, areas in northern Missouri may have wind chills as cold as negative 40. Central and southern Missouri may experience negative 30 degrees. Prolonging exposure to these extreme low temperatures is very dangerous. We urge Missourians to use good judgment and only travel when absolutely necessary. The executive order activates the Missouri National Guard and the Missouri State Emergency Operations Plan for state and local response efforts. Police in Branson investigating an artillery shell that was found in a wilderness area. The shell was found at the Lakeside Forest Wilderness Area on Owen Lane off 76 Country Boulevard. It's believed the shell is from the World War I era. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield Stock 1041. All right, so here is um, a bit of the breakdown, what to expect. We've got that winter storm warning until midnight for counties along and north of 60, up to three inches as possible. Winter weather advisory until midnight for counties south of 60. That wind chill warning you heard referenced there, that is going to kick in noon today through noon Saturday. For counties along and north of uh, Highway 60, wind chills up to 35 below zero. 40, you heard reference there, possible in some parts of the state as well. So today, the rain and snow, uh, I don't I don't believe anything is occurring at this time precipitation-wise. I know when I came in, it was dry, dry as could be. 
but of course, it's uh, going to at some point change. That rain and snow possibly mixed with freezing rain. Uh, but in terms of ice accumulation, n- there really isn't any expected. Now, that, of course, doesn't mean that it isn't going to potentially be slick. Uh, whether it's an inch of ice or one one-hundredth of an inch of ice, the fact of the matter is that is slick and potentially dangerous, so uh, at least the accumulation factor is not going to come into play. Blowing snow this afternoon, which of course is mostly uh, a visibility factor when you are driving, and temperatures are going to be falling. Uh, I know last I checked, this is going to be one of those days where we start out warmer than we are going to end up at midday. Uh, We are at 35 right now, and so we're going to lose much of that and uh, hit around one below zero. Uh, wind chills 22 below with wind gust near 40 miles per hour. Tonight, patchy blowing snow, a low of six below zero. Wind chill 30 below. Mostly sunny cold with a high of 10 tomorrow. Wind chill 30 below. Saturday, um, not tremendously warmer, but at least the wind factor is not expected to be in play with a high of 19, Christmas sunny 28, then 36 on Monday, and then uh, making our way into the 40s Tuesday. Springfield's Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed, the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Ukrainian President Zelensky delivered his second address to the U.S. Congress last night. This one live. First time that he's uh, left the country of Ukraine since uh, Russia made the invasion. He uh, thanked Biden lawmakers, bipartisan. It was, you know, it hit all of the notes, I think, that were expected. Uh, He um, thanked the U.S. for billions in aid, uh, but stressed the need for more. And you can't blame him for that. I mean, listen, if you are the leader of a country and you're dealing with what he's dealing with and you have a country that has been leading the effort to just give you all the money that you want, I I, I mean, I don't blame the guy for saying, yeah, we could use more. Do not blame him for that at all. I mean, we, we have crafted and created that relationship and that expectation. Uh, he characterized the money as not charity, saying it is an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way, noting against all odds and doom and gloom scenarios, Ukraine didn't fall. Ukraine is alive and kicking. The the situation in Ukraine has been one that uh, people have discussed for some time, and then, of course there's been an attempt by the media to stifle any sort of discussion. Um, If you do want accountability, at least to some degree of the dollars spent, or you even question, you know, what should our level of involvement be? The auto response from the left is you're siding with Putin, which, of course, one is a ridiculous notion. But also, it's really sad that the characteristic that once upon a time made this country not just great, but superior to so many others, was the robust debate that we would have about serious issues. 
The idea being that while uh, 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 it would be a few in our society that would actually participate in the debate, but the the majority of other Americans who don't necessarily express their opinions get the benefit of hearing different perspectives and weighing those different perspectives. And the hope, of course, being is that the the best possible answer and solution will rise to the top because those who have, if, if you have true intellectual debate, and you have a society of thinking people, when presented with arguments, uh, the best arguments based in the most serious reality are the ones that most thinking people will say, you know, that, that is the one that makes most sense. Now, of course, it's not always going to work that way. It is one of the reasons anytime you have anyone say, do not question authority, uh, they are a sign of danger because they don't want people thinking. Also, when it comes to many situations, and Ukraine being one of them, I I, I firmly believe that sometimes there isn't a, quote, right and wrong answer. These situations are very complicated. One of the, the areas that complicates the issue, though it gets widely ignored, is the fact that we committed ourselves to militarily defending Ukraine, if ever invaded by Russia, during the Clinton years. Clinton had this initiative to try and disarm as many countries of their nuclear capabilities as possible. And, of course, sadly what occurs is it's the smaller countries that generally uh, are more likely to be pressured into such a thing. Ukraine was one of them. And the promise that we made, Ukraine, was that if you give up, you don't need nuclear weapons because you have us on your side. That that was their deterrent of an invasion from Russia. That's what they said. Listen, we got to have, it's Russia. This is, our, this is the one thing that we know can keep them at bay is the fact that we have nuclear weapons. And during the Clinton years, we entered this agreement that we will be your nuclear weapon. You don't need to worry about You don't need them because they invade and we will kick their butts. And we, of course, aren't there. Now, I'm not. This is the thing about making promises like that. Yes, sometimes circumstances change, but that's why you make a promise. That's why you you have an agreement or a contract. That way you don't have to worry about, well, circumstances changing and the person that shook your hand and said this is a deal says, oh, well, things are different now. Yes, you did your part of the bargain, but we don't really feel like doing ours now. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not arguing that, you know, I'm just laying out here. This is the reality of of where we are today. And, And so, unfortunately, what has occurred is it is further diminishment of our word. Uh, when you couple with Afghanistan, the clear broken word of the United States to make sure that we did not leave anyone behind. I mean, that, it was two weeks window or two months. I mean, it was a very, very, very short period of time that Biden made that promise, that declaration with George Stephanopoulos, and then just, of course, betrayed that word and all those people. Uh, on a larger time frame, we've done the, essentially the same thing with Ukraine. We said, trust us, we will defend you. We, militarily, we, we didn't say, well, we'll give you money. We're like, we will be your nuclear weapon. And we just decided not to do that. 
um, I'm a firm believer that you should not make commitments like that unless you're willing to go through with them. Even if at the time that, that it comes along, it isn't something that you want to do. Because it's sort of weird, and I feel conflicted saying this, because at the same time, I'm not arguing that we should militarily involve ourselves. I'm just talking about the reality of these relationships, these promises, and not following through on these promises. Because I think what happens is you do get a very good argument in terms of, well, we obviously don't want to. If it's all done in the name of national security and global security, we don't want to get into just another war. But how many wars will we get into down the road because our commitments aren't taken seriously? You know what I mean? Or our word. Uh, One of the reasons that we would learn that Saddam Hussein was so defiant was because he did not believe he would ever be held accountable because the United States, along with the United Nations, resolution after resolution after resolution said, if you do this, we're going to make you pay, and we never did. And so you build this reputation of saying, oh, well, we'll commit to protecting you, or we will uh, uh, exact punishment if you go forward with this, and if you consistently demonstrate you don't do it, you don't have a big stick any longer to carry. The speak softly but carry a big stick, they know that the stick is balsa wood. It's nothing. It's all for show. Because when push comes to shove, the United States developing a reputation of not following through. Now, Trump was able, of course, to temporarily suspend that and uh, that that uh, that lack of credibility. And I think, among other things, Soleimani uh, was a stark example that the United States is no longer uh, just yapping away and not willing to follow through on its commitment uh, to take extreme measures if necessary. But we're back to the good old days, and um, and uh, uh, you know, so here we are. So what does all this mean? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I guess ultimately is that when it comes to Ukraine, really the safest bet. The safest bet right now, our safe space is just give them money. Now, you and I are the ones who are paying for it, of course. It allows the administration, along with NATO, to portray themselves as doing everything they can when it's not really everything they can do, of course, military uh, having actual troops on the ground is something that quote, could be done, that's, for better or worse, chosen not to do. So the the money avenue is really the easiest route to take, and it may be the right one. Uh, You know, if anything, you look at Afghanistan, what was one of the big problems, arguably, with Afghanistan and the fact that they were not prepared to take care of themselves? It was that, militarily, we did the heavy lifting. And so they they never really had to do it for themselves. And so standing afar, piping money to Ukraine, and ma- having them actually, which Zelensky was very clear last night, I'm not asking for troops, just money. We're going to do it. Uh, you know, I, I, that probably is the best way to actually help them long term, is to give them the financial means in which they defeat 
the Russians themselves. Now, of course, therein lies the question, should we be financially uh, responsible at all or to the degree that we are? And there is McCarthy's answer. And, and in response to the speech last night, he said, good speech. He said, I thought it was a very good speech. He laid out a number of reasons why the free world wants to continue the fight. My position has never changed. I support Ukraine, but I never support a blank check. And I think probably a majority of Americans, when you understand what that means, and that means just some accountability for where these dollars are going, I think most Americans probably agree with that, as opposed to don't question the administration, otherwise you're a supporter of Putin. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. We'll have a look at that weather coming up here. Um, we aren't dealing with any immediate, in the immediate area, um, road issues. If you haven't downloaded, it's just, let me tell you what I have. I've got a number of different uh, transportation apps, Waze being one of them. When it comes to weather and the roads, the MoDOP, MoDOT app is actually pretty good. Um, it it and that's for I- any sort of uh, traffic issues if there's construction going on. The ways obviously if you if you're going from one point to another, ways will give you that information generally. But if you're just wanting to look at the map overall and and you can see where there are not traffic accidents, but any sort of particular construction that is occurring. Uh, I don't think MoDOT app does traffic accidents, but it shows roads very clearly. You've you've you know you got a map. You can zoom in, zoom out. You and winter uh, condition on the roads is from clear, mostly clear, partly covered, covered, and flat out closed. And there are traffic cameras, and and there is a traffic condition uh, uh, alert, I guess. So um, that is available on there as well. I just have winter conditions and and work zone delays. Uh, activated on mine but it's a free app and uh, I have found of all the apps on my phone aside from all the food apps that I have uh, it is really useful uh, particularly when it comes to road conditions traffic update I'm Nick Reed you're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's talk 1041 a first alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks home improvements a Winter storm warning until midnight. Counties along and north of 60. Winter weather advisory until midnight. Counties south of 60. Wind chill warning from noon through or noon today through noon Saturday for counties along and north of Highway 60. So we've got the rain, snow, possibly mixed with freezing rain, up to three inches possible. Little to no ice accumulation. Blowing snow this afternoon. Temperatures, uh, while in the 30s now, are going to fall to just below zero. Wind chills well below that. Wind gusts near 40 miles per hour. Tonight, patchy blowing snow, a low of 6 below zero, with wind chills 30 below. Mostly sunny and cold Friday, a high of 10. Wind chills 30 below. Saturday, sunny, cold 19, 28 on Christmas, 36 on Monday. I One of the things I'll just note here about the, the Zelensky speech when I watch something like that, I try to step back a bit, and I do that because it's easy to want to take sides and then have the personalities take sides as well. So, for example, if we think that we should not be supporting Ukraine in the way that we are, we want to 
look at Zelensky as bad and not like what he has to say. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Um, doesn't mean that he's a good guy, bad, you know, uh, you know, I've got a photo <clears throat> and it's a, it's a famous photo. I have it framed in this little section where I've got some historical photos in my home. It's the Yalta conference and you got FDR sitting there with Churchill and Stalin, you know, we <laughs> allied with Stalin uh, sometimes we ally with bad people because we want to prevent other bad people from gaining ground in the in the world, and so uh, it, it does happen. <clears throat> and I I think about the argument uh, when it comes to Ukraine and how well, it's a corrupt country. And I watching last night and standing there behind Zelensky is Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris. And are we really any less corrupt as a country? When you think about it for a moment, think about what, of course, the media does so much covering that people in the outside world don't necessarily see this. But let's just pretend that that the Ukrainian government is is our government and and we're everything's fine here and here we observe Zelensky's in in uh, power as president of uh, of his country and then it's learned that their uh, federalized uh, law enforcement was uh, infiltrating social media in order to alter the outcome of the election in order to implement Zelensky uh, that divisions of the federal government um, you know falsified evidence to get uh, the 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 court approval to spy on his opponent. Um, think about all of the things that we know. If Zelensky uh, and his people had a a two year show trial panel set up, that sole purpose was persecuting political opposition. If in Kiev. There were po- citizens, political opposition, two years sitting in jail, some solitary confinement with no trial, some of which are simply accused not even of doing anything violent, but trespassing. And we'd look at that and we would think that is a hell of a corrupt country. I mean, that is that is a dictatorship. But that's what's happening here. I mean, everything that I just detailed no one denies is occurring now democrats say that it's warranted the media says that it's necessary for the security of our country but isn't that what tyrannical governments always say when they persecute and imprison political opposition they never say well just because we don't want any challenge to our power structure it's always about uh, the country and and stability and and um, you know it's all for the good of the people overall and so when i recognize that there may be well there most likely is it's government after all corruption in ukraine it's just a matter of to what degree it is uh, i don't know that for me anyhow that is a reason not to have some sort of relationship because if that's the case, then nobody can have a relationship with us because our, our, it's so corrupt, our government. So corrupt. And it, it's interesting how I, I think even people who realize it and recognize it 
it's it's somehow different than like when we see countries like Ukraine and others, and we're like, well, I mean, they're just totally corrupt, or even Russia for that matter, and how corrupt they are. And somehow we don't we we know that we are as well, but we don't see it as the same. Like somehow, well, they're bad, but it's different for us. Unless you really stop and and look and think of it, and you're like, oh gosh, I don't know if we should really be calling them out for corruption. All of that aside, just as a human being, I think most human beings want to be on the side of victory. And just listening to the way Zelensky talks, it's like, man, you look at that sort of leadership compared to what we have. You've got a political party in charge that goes around begging countries for oil, begging countries for help, begging countries to sign deals that that will benefit them to our detriment, like uh, Iran and their nuclear ambitions. After handing the, the country of Afghanistan over to the Taliban and this position that, well, you know, we're just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, uh, you know, well, the world's watching. This is their opportunity. All of this mamsy-pamsy uh, positioning that is clear weakness, total and complete weakness. Or you look at the way that our country, our leadership dealt with Russia just when it came to the exchange of of the, the merchant of, of, of death. And then, you, you know, Zelensky, that that positioning of, you know, we don't care what this, we're going to destroy these people and we're not going to stop until victory. And just that I, it's just something about it that is refreshing. You take all of the other the any corruption out of it and the money out of it and our involvement out of it, uh, ha- seeing somebody represent their people in that way unapologetic, not trashing on his people, not caught, not publicly on the world stage. Now, don't get me wrong. Zelensky domestically has made a lot of moves that give people concerns about how to deal with citizens in his country that might be a little pro-Russia. And, and of course, they're dealing with a very unique situation. So I'm not this isn't about Zelensky as a leader over his country so much. But I'm talking right now about the presentation to the world. I mean, look at our, our president. This is a guy that broadcast to the world that half of the country were semi-fascist. <laughs> a guy who says that Americans who want election integrity are racist. You hear the way that, that, that our leader dogs on Americans, trashes on Americans, and then you, you hear the – and not to mention opens our border and invites people in, just come in here, and, and making the move this week, telling them all, we're going to pay for your health care on top of it all. There's a recent declaration by the administration that free health care for illegals. And then – the Ukrainians, they got Zelensky, and he's like, hell or high water, we're going to stop this invasion. Our people are totally awesome. That, that's his presentation to the world. Of course, he's got ulterior motives to a degree. 
But ultimately, those ulterior motives are the defense of his country. Just, I, you know, I, I suppose when you have a president who has no interest in actually defending the country, whether it's the border, the fentanyl, the child sex trafficking, whatever it might be, and you see another country, it sort of makes you jealous, doesn't it? Almost a, just a little bit jealous. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson House Theory Realty, all of your home buying, home selling needs, even just home ownership. If you have friends that are social media friends and they're realtors, you generally know it because they're always posting houses, houses, houses. Uh, One of the things that I like about Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, is that while she does, when she has an open house coming about and and she utilizes that to make sure everyone knows if they want to come, but it's not all about that. I mean, there's all sorts of other just homeowner information. I know um, several weeks ago as we were getting into the winter months, posting about things to make sure this is a checklist. You need to do this every year before winter. Uh, So friending her on Facebook is not simply about seeing when there's a new listing, but also as a homeowner, um, the ways to best take care of that asset you have, that investment that you have, that home that you live in. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, of course, on social media and also under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Election integrity witness in the Lake trial, Maricopa, quote, misplaced receipts for early voting ballots. Now, as you listen to this story, you'll hear what a tight ship Katie Hobbs, as Secretary of State, now Governor of Arizona, had things running when it comes to voting, came to voting in Arizona. An election integrity witness in the civil trial of Carrie Lake's lawsuit testified yesterday that Maricopa County said that they misplaced the delivery receipts for early voting ballots that were delivered to Runbeck Election Services. Every time ballots or receipts, or it, it amazes me how these things get misplaced. What are you doing that you misplace these things? Where are you? I just find it, frankly, improbable that ballots or receipts or ballots or anything of that nature can be misplaced. I don't buy it. Lake, the Arizona GOP gubernatorial nominee, suing her Democratic opponent, Governor-elect and Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, along with the Maricopa Maricopa County Recorder, Stephen Richer, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and Maricopa County Director of Elections, Scott Jarrett, alleging that the number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election far exceed the 17,117-vote margin between Lake and Hobbs. Heather Honey, the founder of Election Integrity Watchdog Verify or Verity Vote, testified about ballot chain of custody on Wednesday. Under direct examination by Lake's legal counsel, Brian Blem, Honey said that when Lake sought all chain of custody documents from Maricopa County, the county provided all of the requested documents except for the county's delivery receipt forms from early voting ballots. Now, what have I said all along? Early voting is the Democrats' key to cheating. 
So isn't it interesting that that's the bit of evidence that they did not turn over, the receipts that showed nothing funny was going on? The county told them, according to her testimony, that the receipts were, quote, misplaced. Oh, we just don't know what we did with them. Oopsie daisies. However, she said a Runbeck employee, which uh, is the Runbeck Election Services, wrote in a declaration that the receipts never even existed for Election Day. Honey explained that when the early voting ballots are retrieved from ballot drop boxes, the early voting ballot transportation statement is used to document the chain of custody of the ballots. Maricopa County election officials then create delivery receipts that have the precise counts of ballots loaded onto trucks and transferred to Runbeck. So in other words, here's the drop box that are so safe and secure. All right, there's uh, 1,200 ballots in it, and they create an official receipt that says this is how, as we, here is our official uh, receipt noting as we pass this along. This is how many are in there. That way you know it doesn't get stuffed along or ballots get removed uh, along the, the chain of custody. Uh, Honey said that none of the delivery receipts were provided for the entire election, including early voting and election day. Richer, who is the Maricopa County recorder, testified prior to Honey that his office is in charge of maintaining the chain of custody for early voting ballots. Honey also testified that records of post office receipts for mail-in ballots from Maricopa County were also not provided by the county for the chain of custody public record request, but that Runbeck has them. The receipts from the post office for mail-in ballots are based on the weight of trays that contain mail-in ballots so that the county can pay the post office for postage. Under cross-examination, Honey said that she knew the receipts existed at Runbeck. The Maricopa County Legal Counsel said that the defendants held a different position and asked if Honey could have missed the documents. She said absolutely not, adding that they haven't received the post office receipts over the last three weeks. The trial began Wednesday with the testimony of Richard Maricopa County Director of Elections Scott Jarrett, cybersecurity uh, expert Clay uh, Perrick, and Maricopa County Temporary Technician Bradley Benecourt, and RNC roving attorney Mark Son and Clark. Jared explained under direct examination that the vote center wait time report by the county were based on prior elections, calculated that uh, voters would wait in line for about 30 minutes on average. He said the wait times included how long it would take voters to check in. And the, ca- the, the testimony here is about wait times and how you've got a complete discrepancy. They were claiming uh, the Maricopa County officials that there was virtually no wait time when, in fact, according to um, Uh, numerous reports the vote centers had over 80-minute wait times for some of the voters. Now, there's a whole issue also with the ballot-on-demand printer issues. Now, this is becoming a big point of contention as well. You may recall the day of voting, they kept talking about printer issues. There were printer issues. According to one expert who testified, this clearly was sabotage. There is no way possible that the printer issues that caused such havoc in highly Republican voter areas was an accident. That next, I'm Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. 
One of the biggest issues that occurred with the Arizona elections, you may recall that the ballots weren't getting counted. They were finding that these ballots, they were not getting counted. There were these massive issues with the printers, and we kept hearing this, but we weren't really sure necessarily what that meant exactly. What is occurring here in this civil case is testimony that brings into focus what what happened here. And the uh, the expert, when it comes to cybersecurity and, and these printers and so forth, is noting that the the voting machines are set up to receive 20-inch ballots, okay? He says what happened was instead the printers, when people would show up that day to vote, and the, the ballots would be printed as people were, you know, coming in to vote. So in, 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 they were doing it in real time. That the printers were deliberately changed to print as if the ballot was a 19-inch ballot. Now, you may see, think, well, so what's the big deal? And th- the media, of course, plays this off as, oh, Carrie Lake is suing because the ballots were 19 inches instead of 20 inches. I mean, really? Oh, she wants ballots thrown out for that? The problem, though, that occurred was that, that that's why these, these machines were not tallying things properly, because it was calibrated to read 20-inch ballots, and instead, while the, pay, the physical ballot was 20 inches, the printing on it was for a 19-inch ballot, And so the machines were not reading them properly. Now, the cybersecurity expert, who's previously worked with election systems, testified that the settings on either the printer or the laptop of the vote center that sent the ballot print jobs to the printer had to have been intentionally changed to cause the printer errors that were rife on Election Day. He inspected some Maricopa County ballots on Tuesday, testified that he believed the 19-inch ballot printing settings were used on 20-inch paper instead of the 20-inch ballot printing settings, which caused the issues with ballots not being read by ballot tabulators. And so he, he his, his notation here is that this is not something that happens on accident. This was a deliberate action that somebody took. They went in and they altered the settings on numerous devices which would lead to these problems. Again, this is what oftentimes is referred to as sabotage. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF News in 60 Seconds. I'm Nick Reed.